When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Confused Breakfast. Do you remember the pure joy of a trip to the video rental store as a kid? I do. It's hard to beat the ease of the modern era streaming platforms where you don't even have to leave your couch, but there was something truly special about heading to Blockbuster, picking out a movie by hand, and grabbing a weird new plant species from the flower shop on your way home. Right. On this podcast, we revisit and dissect some of our favorite childhood movies from that magical era to see if they still move us the way they did as kids. I'm your host, Mike Scholde. Joining me, as always, two dudes who need a long, slow root canal. Sean Pryor and Age <laughs> Events, how the heck are you? God knows, I do. Do you? Yeah. I've right. heard you shouldn't. I heard uh, that's bad. You don't. You don't want root canals. Oh, okay. You don't want well, that I heard, anymore. Huh? I heard that. Uh, that's what the new, you know, bioscience is saying. You don't want that. Well, it turns out root canals that we've been doing for a hundred years are bad. You got metal or dead stuff in your mouth. You got to get it out of there. Okay. Yeah. I just won't. Do anything with my mouth. Cool. Yeah. I just won't go see a dentist anymore <laughs> no. because of this movie. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. And we'd like to point out that because this is a musical, we're going to sing our comments for the rest of the thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. everything yeah, we say we from are. And well, boys, on today's episode. <laughs> We discuss a film adaptation. Sledgehammer. <laughs> We're not going to do that. <laughs> we are discussing a film adaptation that is based on a musical that is based on the original film. A movie that held oh. the record for the most money ever spent by Warner Brothers at the time of its release. Many would agree that it's the best movie musical of all time. We're, of mm. course, talking about 1986's Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Well, damn dang it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another nostalgic journey to the past with the Confused Breakfast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy wherever you are in the world. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Lottie. We will take it away. If you are new to this podcast, we're reviewing Little Shop of Horror scene by scene with a modern eye. And we are talking about the newer one. You know, we'll get to that yeah. eventually. Yeah, yeah. But in order to do that properly, we got to talk about it with pure nostalgia. AJ, we're going to start with you. Tell us the first time you saw this movie and what your thoughts were about it. This movie was a fever dream. <laughs> When I finally first saw, apparently I just like I kind of avoided this movie. I'm not sure why you guys could guess, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, well, let's play some trivia. Why do you guys think I avoided this movie? Musical, musical. Well, no, because it had the word horror in it. There we go. Oh. So <laughs> you were so wrong, John Candy. And then, here, why do you think I watched this movie, John Candy? Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So Rick Moranis. 
ultimately Rick Moranis defeated scary movies and musicals. Yeah, because I okay, thought to cool. myself, gotcha. there's no way that because uh, I saw this before I saw something like Creepshow, you know, and I thought to myself, there's no way that you have an actual horror movie with Rick Moranis in it. <laughs> you're gonna the, you're gonna get a Ghostbusters. He is like, literally kind of scary, but it's fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Rick Moranis is gonna save this for me. And in the end. I was like, well, that's not what I thought it was. <laughs> um, so long story short, guys, I it's not that I dislike this movie, but I also I wasn't thinking like I was like musicals are for girls and I don't really, <laughs> I'm just glad Rick Moranis is in this because Sunny I shrunk the kids. And uh, that was all I really thought the whole time. I even some of the cameos didn't even process yeah. with me, you know. They Too just young. yeah, they just didn't. They just didn't register. So in the end I thought it was kind of like tchotchke and like over the top and i was like did they just film like a play or something <laughs> there we go and i'm gonna give this a 4.95 4.95 sean what about you man i'm a john candy completist uh i love the great outdoors go check out our episode on that Ooh, good uh, one. i love our you know I, I, I love uncle buck go check our episode on that um i had to complete the john candy um multiverse mov- movie role multiverse um but never got to this one uh, this is an NA for me. Oh, I ain't never seen this thing, Sean. Uh, uh, Sean, I'd like to join that club with you. I, I'm an NA on this too. I I think I cannot understand. I will talk much more at length about this later, but I cannot understand why I've never seen this movie because of the people that are in this. Yeah. Since you guys, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's no way that I should not have seen this. And I know there are people out there listening right now that have not seen this. And I and it's just the musical thing for me. Like nope. I I do not do musicals. I don't want plays. I don't want people singing their lines when they can just talk it. I, I just avoided this one. I'm like, no, it's not for me. And so I had never seen it until today. Honestly I think the only reason that I did end up seeing it was truthfully because my mom was like I, and why would my mom like this movie little shop of horrors doesn't that make it worse if your mom likes well it? that's the, but she would show it to me right like oh little shop of horrors it's on oh, like john candy oh look you know it's got oh rick moranis oh. and stuff you know and and then she'd say another name that i wouldn't know guest. and you're okay. just like oh, okay oh, sure. and and but she would show it to me and be like oh little shop of horrors. oh god but you have a wild box and she'd sing the songs that under her breath oh you know yeah and but that was why that's probably a big catalyst. Yeah, well, the reason you avoided it should have been the reason I shouldn't have avoided. Yeah, it. yes. The this horror is a, in the title, Little Shop. I love horrors. There's no singing in what horror. What the heck? I, yeah, I, I love little shops. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, back to back, guys. We have an executive producer, Michael Giuliano. Hey, back to back, he right. somehow finagled that. Wow, this dude. was his choice. He chose this movie. He says, this is one of those weird movies that was definitely always talked about during my childhood, but I can never really quite pin down the first time I saw it. I remember my mom showing it to us on VHS at one point, and I also remember it playing on TV occasionally. It was one of those movies I caught in scattered bits and pieces, not even necessarily in order, until I was able to piece together the whole thing by inferring what happened. I mostly just remember being confused by most of it all, and definitely a little freaked out after the first time I saw Tui chomp down on the dentist and start cackling like a maniac. Other than that, other than recognizing Steve Martin and Bill Murray, I don't remember too too many other high points from watching this as a kid. Nostalgically, I'm going to be a 5.75. Okay. So with your two votes, fellas, that is pretty low. That is a 5.35. Singer. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely not at the bottom. We've had some we've had some worse. We've I mean, had this, some stinkers. Yeah, this is gonna fall right in between tremors and grumpy old men. Oh, nostalgically okay. is where this okay. has fallen. So we're gonna add me and Sean into this now because we're gonna talk about yes. it modern day. It's important. We don't care about nostalgic ratings. We care about modern day ratings. Uh, so we got to talk to Sean about all the important details of the movie. Sean, what do you got about this thing? Produced man? by David Geffen, screenplay by Howard Ashman, based on the original film by Roger Corman, based off of Charles B. Griffith's original screenplay, cinematography by Robert Painter, music by Miles Goodman, Howard Ashman, and Alan Menken, edited by John Jepson and Jillian Hushtag. <laughs> Directed by Frank Oz, who also did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Bowfinger, the Stepford Wise remake, and Indian in the Cupboard, which I hope we will cover. Yeah, well, you know we will. Cast, Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, Steve Martin, Levi Stubbs, Tishna, Arnold, Michelle Weeks, Tasha Campbell, Jim Belushi, Bill Murray, Christopher Guest, and John Candy. Johnny Cams. Being one of the original producers of the Off Broadway, I don't know why I got <laughs> no, we no, that's for Johnny Cans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, Johnny that, Cans. That is, nope, that's it from here on out. Why did that? Thank get you. Me? I why got me. That you guys, I was like, I was like, because we've never said that before. Uh, that's a good point. Being one of the original producers of the Off Broadway musical, David Geffen wanted to turn Little Shop of Horrors into a movie. Originally, the film was set to be produced by Steven Spielberg with Martin Scorsese directing. Oh, <laughs> instant Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and then subsequently, John Landis was on board to direct. Cool. That, fell, that all fell apart when the original author of the play, Charles B. Griffith, filed a lawsuit. Wow. Oh. After the dust was settled, however, Geffen approached Frank Oz to direct, who was just coming off of The Muppets' Take Manhattan. Oz would rework the script slightly so it could be more easily translated to screen instead of a Broadway stage. Ellen Green was cast as Audrey because she played the character in the playoff Broadway. Sidney Lauper and Barbara Streisand were considered, however. I think also Madonna was. Uh, Bill Murray For the role of... Um, uh, Audrey. Okay. Bill Murray improvised all his lines, and Steve Martin came up with several ideas for his character on set. It's, it's just not a shock whatsoever. No, it's not. <laughs> what, what you're saying? What? Yeah. Oh, really? Did you, did you guys know this interesting fact about Bill Murray? You know what? It's like that's the thing. It's like, yeah, wow, that's that's not interesting at all because I if, I totally believe it. If, if that were to be a TikTok video, that would just be just that dumb. He fucking knew it. Of course, he improved it. Do you even know Bill Murray? I actually don't. No, you don't either. Filming took place at the illustrious Pinewood Studios, as all the sets were built in their uh, making in in them making good use of the budget and not having to rely on the unpredictable nature of nature or securing locations. Audrey 2 was a full puppet designed by Lyle Conway, who di- who had done some uh, Muppet movies with uh, Frank Oz and The Dark Crystal. None of what you see on screen with Audrey 2 is green screen, even the mouth movements. Jeez. However, that large of a prop takes a lot of work just to operate, which made the footage not sync up with the lines of, or the songs. The filmmakers simply just filmed Audrey 2's scenes at a higher frame rate so they could be sped up or slowed down as the puppet needed to be. Audrey 2 also had to be operated with 60 people behind it. <sighs> Little Shop of Horrors was released on December 19, 1986, and on a budget of $25 million, the film made 
zero million at the box <laughs> office. <laughs> Thirty-nine point zero zero. zero. It's, it's usually points. <laughs> million. I, I just I've just become a habit. I know. <laughs> well, thanks, Sean. Up next, we got to go over to AJ. We got to learn uh. what the critics and the fans thought. Think, thunk about this movie. What do you got, dude? Feed me. Mm. It's not blood. It's the it's tomato, tomato beer. Gross. We got another certified fresh. Oh. 91%. Interestingly enough, of all the movies we've done, that is tied with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That yeah. feels about right to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Kind of the same, so. sort of. It's kind of, in this, kind of in a similar ballpark there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, 79%. From the audiences and uh, Little Shop of Horrors is a seven point one on IMDb. All the movies we've done that is in the eightieth spot at seven point one, tied with The Mummy, Spaceballs, Coming to America, Mrs. Doubtfire. It's just a little bit better than a movie. It's, uh, yeah, it's like well, you should see it. Yeah, yeah. You, you should go out of your way to probably a see it. Little nudge. One. Yeah, go go see it. Yeah, if you see it, that's on. You should see it. That's like, yeah, you should probably go check it out at the theater. Seven's like, wait for it to come out to, DV- to DVD. Yeah. 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 That's, the, that's the difference between 7 and 7.1. Yes. Uh, critics' consensus on this was uh, remixing Roger Corman's B-movie by way of the off-Broadway musical Little Shop of Horrors camp, uh, camp horror and catchy tunes in equal measure, uh, plus some inspired cameos by the likes of Steve Martin and Bill Murray. Uh, they will go on to say additional things if I can find them. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> AJ was just told us he was speeding down the highway, uh, <laughs> trying not to get pulled over while also screenshotting reviews. But luckily, not. I wasn't screenshotting the reviews. Uh, that would no. That was on the way to. Oh yeah yeah yes. yeah yeah good. <laughs> No, leave me alone, Mike. God, <laughs> Dad. Uh. You don't want to talk about what I did. Yes. Uh, Roger Ebert said that this is the kind of movies that cults are made of. And after Little Shop Before finishes its first run, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see it develop into a successor to Rocky Horror Picture Show uh. as one of those movies that fans want to include in their lives. I think that was a that's a nice little touch. And now I don't know that I've seen that happen, though. No, um, I would agree with you. Uh, Gene Siskel, might as well bring him up too. Uh, they both gave it 88s, so that's uh, three out of four thumbs, I think. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, the songs are joyful and the plant is a foul mouth wonder when it when it begins to talk. Director Frank Oz, Oz deserves credit for staging a musical in classic form, creating nothing less than one of the year's most entertaining films. There's some bad ones, believe it or not. Empire just decided to say some of the slower tunes tend to grind, uh, but the sort of musical retro irony is still amusing in places. But not if you don't like dentists, though. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. See what I did? Oh, then I'll leave them wanting more, and then yeah. they'll have to go see Wait, it. dentists? <laughs> dentist? Dentist? I this thought movie? this was a flower shop movie. <laughs> musical? <laughs> I'm going to say that one. Here, here we go. There's a... Uh, there's a 7 out of 10. Uh, great songs and great cameos, said Crazy Artie. Uh, a musical in which an alien plant lands on Earth and is cared for by a loser. Seymour. <laughs> uh, this film is really enjoyable with great catchy songs and wonderful guest cameos. A cult movie that still works today. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. That's good. 
Let's just do some one out of ten. So you know why you're here. <laughs> Elk bong three. Fuck yes. Yeah. Said one. Out of, <laughs> said, said one out of ten. I wouldn't. I would only see it again at gunpoint. <laughs> Come on. Okay, ready? Oh yeah, it's a great ending. You you'll never see it coming. Uh, a bad remake of a bad 1960 film. Somebody inexplicably decided that it would play better as a musical. It doesn't. A really weak plot about a carnivorous alien plant made all the worse by putting it into a musical form, thus treating us to Rick Moranis' singing ability, <laughs> quote-unquote. Far worse than the original for just awful acting performances, a miserable score, and laughable special effects. I would not even consider seeing this turkey again. What's with people calling movies turkeys? It's a turkey. It's a turkey, bro. It's not the same guy. No. Um, so, uh, it's seeing not a turkey. this it's a turkey. Movie. Yeah. Thank you. What's going on? It's just now. Yeah. Uh, unless somebody held a gun to my head or the head of a loved one and forced me to. Weird. Uh, since this is unlikely, and I thankful, I, and I am thankfully done with any involvement with this pitiful failure of a film, one out of ten, only because they won't register a zero. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that? It could have been. It could have been one of like three things. <laughs> Don't watch this movie. Do not waste your time. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mike, I'm sleeping. Are you okay? Oh my god! From your amazing comment, you woke me up. Yes, thank you. <sighs> Oh yes. I don't know if that's a comment on me or the review, but it's has fun. anyone ever said I give it a ten out of ten only because I can't give it an eleven? Yeah, has no. anyone ever said that? I think somebody so, has. I don't think they have. <laughs> I think only the negative people think in weird situations like that. Hey, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we listen. What are these noises? What, that what, what do we say? What do we say? You, whenever you go on a scale of one to ten, that is what we all say. Right. We don't scale. We don't say on a scale from zero to ten. Yeah, no one ever says that. Scale of one to ten. What do you think? Yes. I think it's an eleven. I give it a God one. God damn it! Just follow directions. I give it a one only because I can't say zero. I give it a zero. Rules. Okay, that's funny. But will you just actually give it a rating? Because we'd appreciate it. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun if we could just move the fuck on. Um, <laughs> also, Mike, are you crying? I think I yawned. Are you sad? <laughs> I'm sad at that bad review. <laughs> think so about good. Rick Moranis reading this. I, I get know, sad. right? I get sad. Brett <laughs> said on May 3rd, 2020. He got that name? Yeah. Wow. Well, no, he got Brett 76260. Oh, okay, okay. But it's just Brett. Yeah. Uh, so he gave it a 1 of 10, and he got pretty creative here, saying uh, entitled Little Shop of Turds. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, see, I like that way better than Poop the... I, I give it a zero if I could. That's way better. <laughs> More like Little Shop of Turds. <laughs> yeah, got him. <laughs> little turd of horrors. I really can't say much for the film <laughs> progress made by this Little Shop of Horrors musical remake. The filmography, the casting, and the cameos even were let down. <laughs> little Shop of Turds. Yeah! Okay. All right, what do you got to say? <laughs> yeah! Well, Brett, he said, perhaps one of the lamest movies ever made. Yep, ever made. <laughs> you, you read me right. 
I've had bowel movements provide more pleasure than watching this movie. Hence the turns. Got it. Get it? Call back. <laughs> that's, that's a good writing scheme right there. Yeah, that's good. Stupid is a huge understatement. Why this was ever made is beyond me. Ugh, what a waste of time. Quote, unquote, feed me, feed me. I'll feed you a nice dose turning the channel. <laughs> <laughs> A nice dose of shut the hell yeah, up. Yeah, got you. Here's the mute button. <laughs> well, thanks, AJ. You're welcome. Listen, as a man who has had a cell phone longer than any of you, it's something that I know a lot about. After so many years of fine print contracts getting ripped off by overpaid wireless providers, if I've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, red flags, what's the catch? I researched, I called, I scoured the internet. There isn't one. There's not a catch. Mint Mobile secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of these ridiculous retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. I'll be honest, I was a skeptic. I wasn't sold enough to cut the cord with my other wireless providers, so I used an old iPhone of mine, signed up for $15 for three months plan. I didn't have to go to a store where I had to spend three hours of my life talking to a teenager who didn't know what they were talking about. It was all online. It took like five minutes Minutes before my phone was up and running. I initially just used it to prank phone call Sean and AJ. Uh, but once that wore off, I'm like, okay, they figured it out. I started using it for browsing the internet, downloading apps, streaming movies. It ended up being where I'd take my, my, my real phone, like with my normal line, I put it on a charger and then I just use my mint mobile phone for everything while I was sitting on the couch at night. I'm completely sold on the quality of service and the money I'm saving should be outlawed. This is ridiculous. With the ease of switching over, this is something you have to check out. Mint Mobile's here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint mobile plan and bring your phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get premium wireless service for just $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash confused. That's mintmobile.com slash confused. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash confused. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. My boys, on the 21st day of the month of September, in an earlier year of an early decade not too long before our own, the human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. White males sitting around and recording their conversations because they think people will be interested. Oh, no. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. Spotify, Apple Podcast, <laughs> Castbox, wherever you, wherever you can find your podcast. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. 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 Here we go.
Again, I was on microdose when I yeah. when I wrote these, so I'm doing pretty good. Constantly on microdose. Doing pretty good, guys. I think that microdose is eventually going to become like a regular dose, Mike, so you got to be careful. <laughs> you know, five of them is not micro. <laughs> Microdose.com. <laughs> So scene one, in the early 1960s, Seymour Crayborn and his co-worker Audrey work at Mushnick's Flower Shop. Struggling from a lack of customers, Mr. Mushnick decides to close the store, but Audrey suggests he may have more success by displaying an unusual plant that Seymour owns. Immediately attracting a customer, Seymour explains he bought the plant, which he dubbed Audrey II, from a Chinese flower shop during a solar eclipse. Guys, I have to start this off. Okay. So I got on there and I found it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I, I got it. And I, I found it and I, I hit play. And I'm like, okay, I know there's multiple versions of this, but uh, this is the one with Rick Moranis. Okay, cool. And I'm like, man, here are my notes. Ready? Starts off as a cartoon. This feels a lot like a play. I don't like plays. Why is he eating flowers? I'm literally, I watched 30 minutes of the original from 1960, even though, and I kept, I went back out and I clicked on it. It says 1987, Rick Moranis. I click on it oh, yeah. and it starts the 19, the 1960 version plays. Were you on prime? It was that where, I don't know where I was. There's, I should have There's it like down. several this versions is- of that. They're like, they, they. They do that uh, on purpose, I think, to confuse you, to like Dude, get the, you to watch that. Did this happen to you? This has happened to me, to, to uh, not for this specific movie, but I'm wondering what platform this happened to you on because I went on and I watched, I, I just wanted to watch an episode of The Office. Yeah. And I clicked on The Office and when it immediately started to play, the Indian version of The Office. Hmm. In India, like everything. And I watched some. It was actually pretty damn funny. <laughs> well, <laughs> However, it was not what I, I needed to watch a specific episode. And that's what happened. This Why is, is it doing this? Is this is the opposite for me because I this is bad. The, the 1960 version is really bad. Well, especially I've, when you're on microdose. It's yes. really confusing. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, bla- it's in black and white. I do not like it. Uh-huh. It feels like a fucking play. I don't like anybody in it. And so when I finally, now 30 minutes of my night has been wasted, <laughs> when I finally get the real version up, I'm starting in a really bad place. You're, <laughs> and so I'm just setting the scene that I'm in a bad I'm in a bad mood. Come on, man. Dick Miller is in the original. Like whatever. Like it didn't do it for me, bro. Okay. It didn't it, I was You're just, just set not up for failure. I'm just like that's when does Rick Moranis come in? I thought he was Seymour. <laughs> Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. So I, I'm just setting the tone that that this is, was my experience to start watching this movie for the first time. I get mm. you. Okay. Yeah. I, I have to say I do like the uh, the three singers. Dude, they're awesome. The, like, they kind of are getting you along in this story. They're basically like the narrators. Kind of like a narration, yeah. Um, I like that aspect of it a lot. And then you just get the absolutely stunning sets in this movie. Dude. Are insane to look at, and this is all Pinewood. This is actually they filmed all this in the 007 specifically, which is like studio. the largest like on-site studio or the something biggest like that one in the world. They have at Pinewood, yeah, and it it looks incredible. It it well, I want to touch on both of those. It looks absolutely incredible. The set is great. I love the town. I wrote that in my notes. But the interesting thing about um, the three, the chorus, I guess mm-hmm. you'd call them. Is that they're they're almost two different entities. They are the real people in the real world that can interact with people, yeah. and then they are the shiny singing stars that no one can hear. Right. But but dude, they do such a good job of that when they're singing as the chorus. They're not in the real world, so even when they're outside getting rained on, yeah, they're not wet. Right. That's and, and they they like went through the the process of making them not get wet. 
to show that they're not really there. They made them omniscient and then not yes. omniscient. You know, wow. it's really cool. Dude, touch. And did you catch that that little trick they played? I had to rewind it a couple times to be like, wait a minute. The the three girls are in their street clothes and they're interacting mm-hmm. on the street and they're walking away like yelling at the store owner or whatever. Then then it cuts to the alley. That lady walks down the alley singing, and one of the three girls is now in her her singing outfit to the right side. She left on the left side in street clothes and she's on the right side in her singing outfit. I was like, there's no way they could have changed that. And just the creative trick that they did was that last shot they showed the three girls, but the one girl was like, you could only see this much of her. So it was obviously a stand-in, a stunt double, because mm. the other one was already like dressed up in her, regu- her regular clothes, ready cool. to get. Like the, I, I, that's what I love so much about this podcast. I never studied that kind of stuff, like like you did, where you're like, okay, and how did they frame this shot? I just watched the movie, but nowadays I'm looking at those. How did they do that? How did they accomplish that to make this happen? And I think right from the start, they set the tone of this movie, like. Fuck, they, they use a lot of that like stage play trickery. That's, yes, that's almost what that would be. Is you know right. you hide someone behind a wall that's mm-hmm. that's a set for seeing it on stage. You know, and they would probably do that. But with a camera, you're seeing everything, and it's more controlled. I guess so you can kind of fake a lot more than you can, but still, it's still tricky. Yeah, yeah. you know, if you want to do everything in one, like he wants to do it like that. It, it it adds a lot more when he he gets to you know be able to you know frame and block and do it the way he uh-huh. wants, and then. And you can you have the flexibility of playing what was essentially like a set yeah. or like a like a like a, like a stage production feels set. like a play yeah and uh, I do I do like this I do like that aspect of it but there's also the point like I find myself whenever I watch a movie like this okay it will take me a good solid like fifteen minutes to let this stuff like kind of wash over me so that way I can understand the tone of it. Okay, this is not going to be a a, a movie trying to be real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a it's like a performance. It's yes. characters. They are playing characters as if you're playing a character on a stage. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's uh that's one of those things that I have to take some time to get past when I see a movie like this because I I don't know why I think I can't surrender that easy I don't know what it is as a viewer I just can't surrender that easy I get what you mean but it is just like it's a musical but you have to yeah but yeah that's tough for me that's like the tone I feel like anyway that Mm -hmm. like all musicals are trying to get you to come across or get you to realize is that it's a musical none of this is like really happening yeah but it is happening. Say that. Say that this whole performance of this song was just one conversation. If it was a regular movie, yeah, but we're just singing it, yeah, and everything's blown out of proportion mm. and very colorful and everything, right. you know. Like I, I, I was telling you guys, uh, I think during a Patreon, <laughs> that that it was a Patreon. What's up, Patreon? Oh, so, anyways. I want patreon.com slash confused breakfast. Confused if breakfast. You want, if you want more, if you want more support, this you can podcast. go hear that conversation. But I was telling you guys that uh, my, my cousins in like the national like trek of hairspray. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you see that, if it's coming through your town, check it out. Uh, uh, my cousin, Sarah is um, playing one of the characters in that play, one of the leads. And she was talking about this and she's like, if I'm in a play, I'm generally somebody who wants to be, you know, based in reality or kind of grounded in some sort of reality. Um, whereas 
she might have there might be other actors or actresses that take theirs to that elevated caricature level you know and sometimes one way works for a specific character and other times it doesn't and in this i think we're getting every aspect of everyone's kind of yucking it up yeah Yeah. you know what i mean so then it that's gonna break me out a lot faster yeah then if you've got if Rick Moranis was still very like grounded, yes, you know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> there, there's a a beautiful moment where like first of all, if everybody you know everybody's all down on their luck in Skid Row, right? Like yeah. oh, we just can't catch a break. If they would spend the the amount of time they spend learning choreographed songs and <laughs> movements, if they would just spend that on like getting jobs yeah. and like cleaning the place up, I think they'd be okay. Yeah, but I love <laughs> dude. The, the whimsical nature of, of this type of stuff that they really play on, like Rick Moranis is in the streets, they're singing songs, and he walks up, and there's these four guys, like, against a light pole, like, yeah, yeah. And, and he and he, he feels, like, compelled, he's like, oh, well, I he's have like, to, I should hold join on, him. I should, I should, <laughs> and he, he has this compelling moment to be like, well, yeah, it's it's guys uh, snapping and thrusting, like, I have to do it. This couldn't have been planned, I suppose I should join. <laughs> Those are the moments that make yeah. that make you break out faster, yeah. when you're like, oh, duh. Okay. I don't, I don't know yeah. you guys. But uh, do you care if I can I join you? Can you care if I get in? <laughs> How do you feel if I uh, partake? It's like, <laughs> oh, come on in! It's so good. Th- those are the moments I love most about this type of stuff. Um, is, by is, the way, Michael, Chinese flower shop is not the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> Please, Asian American, Asian, Asian American flower Asian American. shop. I'm just reading the script. Here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Chinese flower shop. Is Audrey every male fantasy out there? Do you think so? I, it's like. It's like they're trying for it to be that way, like this pixie blonde girl who only talks like this and is so innocent. What do you guys like it? Uh, you mean I think? Do you mean playing on the idea of what is presumed every male's fantasy? Maybe, maybe uh, it is playing on that. You know, it's I, like, but it's it's also like I'm done watching this character. Okay, <laughs> like. Nowadays, I will tell you this. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I know what you're talking about because yes, it's it's again, it's an elevated character. It's a caricature. Like yes. that's what I call that, right? Like it, you're not doing a character, you're doing a caricature. Like this is a, there's a difference, and she is definitely doing this like kind of in spades, and it is a little bit. I think right off the bat, it's another thing that I have to get used to. But then once she starts singing later on, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, got it, done, yeah, let's it, go. Maybe what you're saying, Sean, the idea of that, um, the male fantasy of like the 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 perfect woman that that no one else knows about that needs saved that needs saved. Oh, like, yeah, like she okay. she she's she's in a position where no one else will ever find her there. Yeah, and she can't do anything about her position. Yes, why? Yeah, I know. And That's she even says she even says some weird things like I've done terrible things in my life. Like, well, this is the story I want to hear. Like, yeah, what, yeah. why? What have you done? Is every time I she shows up again with like another shiner or anything like that, I'm like, I'm beginning to think you like this. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're the one who's bringing the handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> and Jay, no, handcuffs and I don't. And that's, yeah. that's not a problem. I, if you're hey. you're into what you're into, that's you great. We can talk about that all day long if we want. I, I think she's in. I think she's absolutely incredible in this role, though. I like, I, I agree with AJ. Once she is, well, when I, she sings, her every, performance is 
outstanding. I just don't like the character. Yes. Can mm. we establish? Did, did everyone sing their parts in this movie? I think. Yeah. I didn't Rick find Ryan anything was. that said that there was anyone like vo- singing voice of this person. Steve I think Martin everyone definitely was. Yeah. yeah. She's she's got an incredible voice. Yeah. And the the range of of what she will do when she sings is yeah. like wow. Her yeah. got me. Her especially her like facial reactions and yes. uh, like uh, you know uh, suddenly Seymour especially <laughs> they're them two together. Was just like I feel this, mm-hmm. like I totally get where you're coming from right here. Yeah, and there's those moments with Rick Moranis too that he 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 gets he does get a chance to eventually belt some notes, and you're like, yeah. you know what? It's, it's I disagree with that guy. What's talking about Rick Moranis being like, oh, his perceived. Oh like, yeah, his I, perceived I actually, I think he's, he's great. I think he's in for for. He's not going to cut an album that I'm going to no. listen to. But when you're talking about a musical. This man is exactly what I want. That guy could have been in any Disney musical animation, hands down, to be any sort of like strong support or even a main character in any of those Disney animated films. Like 100%. I truly believe that because when he really gets going and then he's even got that tone that's can be kind of fun, you know, yeah. and it doesn't have to be perfect. I but could say this, but I'm going to sing it instead. Exactly. Yeah, like that. <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to sing, say it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then he gets those shining moments, though, that are really wonderful. In Mr. Mushnick's shop, uh, I like how they dressed it down, you know, mm. and, but I'm just like, if you wanted to, like, this place looks pretty dead for being a shop that's Known to have things that are alive in it. There's nothing. There's <laughs> like, no flowers in there. Clean it up. Yeah, I don't see any. any in anywhere. fact, at the beginning, I don't think there's a single flower actually in there. <laughs> don't like they're yeah. all in the basement. That doesn't seem like a good place for yeah. photosynthesis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> photosynthesis. <laughs> did you did you say photosynthesis on purpose? I don't no. know. Because <laughs> okay, I wish you did. Because that actually makes more joke. sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. There's no sun that's going to cause that, like down in that dank ass basement. <laughs> um, yeah, I I agree. It's like, well, you guys don't know what you're doing, do you? <laughs> you don't know anything of what you're doing. Uh, but I do love Christopher Guest comes Dude. in and he's, excuse me, I couldn't help but notice a strange and interesting plan in the window. <laughs> yeah. He's 100% an NPC. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you are. Oh, yeah. Is. Like if like like uh, tomorrow he's gonna walk in and do the same thing. Yes, yes. right. Like didn't I just... deja vu? No, no. You're just a fake person. Yep. Okay. The, yeah, these are one of the many moments that make me laugh in this movie. Like, yes. Out loud. Him. His short but sweet cameo is just incredible. Tell he, me, tell me where you found such yes. an interesting plan. Yeah, and and it's such a it's such a brilliant little like transition of uh, of the mood. Story. Yeah, because he he comes through and they're like. I mean, honestly, it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating and interesting plan. We can just put it right in there. There's no way that just putting a fascinating and interesting plan onto the windowsill <laughs> yes. is going to help bring in customers. Ding, ding. Excuse me. I, I just couldn't help. I was passing by. I couldn't help notice this fascinating, <laughs> interesting plant that you have sitting in the windowsill. Can you tell me about it? He's like, and he tells the story of like getting yep, at the yep. shop, and he's like, man, what an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, like, while I'm here, get a dozen roses, please. Can I buy fifty dollars worth of roses? <laughs> and he's, he's like, fifty dollars. He's like, yeah. Can you break a hundred? Well, then I, it's like, no, I can't. He's like, well, then I guess I'll just have to buy twice as many. It's like that's fucking hilarious. It's yeah. such a dumb idea it's, that that yeah. people are coming in because of the plant. Aren't they going to inquire to buy the plant? I know, right? But nobody True. ever does. No. They're always like, wow, cool plant. What else can I buy? Yeah. 
It's just, it's just a dumb, stupid idea, but Again, that goes with the magical yes. nature. It's over the top, yeah. but it, it knows it's over the top. Yes. To, yeah. to drive them in just for business or just to drive traffic, not to buy the plant. Like, that's literally <laughs> yeah. what they even said. Can I buy one of these? Like, actually, it's a one of a kind thing. Well, can I buy that one? I'm a millionaire. Actually, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have no reason you can't. Yeah. But, uh, no. There's no reason you can't, but there's also no. So. <laughs> Everybody, it's the beginning of the new year, so you know what that means. Resolutions, our sponsor, Factor, is here to help. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, prep work, cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your New Year's resolutions. You know how much I've been raving about avoiding delivery service in grocery stores. Some of these meal prep kits have been a lifesaver on my house and my wallet, but even with those, the time spent on preparing the meals can be tedious. Last week, I was so busy, I couldn't even spare a second's worth of time. So when I got my first box of pre-made, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, factor meals, I was so pumped to try it. I pulled them out of the box and each delicious meal took me absolutely no time to prep and eat. No mess, no washing dishes, no cleaning the stove after I bumbled my way through the kitchen. I had a roasted veggie and pesto tortellini for lunch yesterday. For dinner, I heated up a chorizo chili. Unreal flavor and I couldn't believe how nutritious they were. Plus, I made sure to add in some of their amazing ready-to-drink smoothies and juices. Didn't even have to leave my house or do any annoying prep work to feel great. Great after a strawberry banana smoothie. Head to factormeals.com slash confused50 and use code confused50 to get 50% off. That's insane. Code confused50 at factormeals.com slash confused50. 50% off. It's a new year. It's time to save some money and eat right. Do it along with us by using factor. Well, let's move on to scene two. So the plant brings much business to Mushnik's shop, but soon starts to wither. Seymour accidentally pricks his finger and discovers that Audrey 2 needs human blood to thrive. Audrey 2 begins to grow rapidly, making Seymour a local celebrity. Meanwhile, Audrey suffers at the hands of her sadistic biker boyfriend, Oren Scrivello. However, she has feelings for Seymour and a secretly dreams of running off with him to the suburbs. Guys, it's, it's time to talk about the man. John Candy. Yeah. Okay. All this right. before we get Johnny into talking Cans. about him, Johnny Cans. <laughs> this takes him into, into eight movies that we have done. That is a firm, firm hold on number one. Top, tippy top. And and the crazy thing is, we still have more to do. There's still a lot more that we can keep bringing oh, yeah. to the table. But You're, you one of your favorites, summer rental. Summer rental. We'll I, I wonder if that'll happen in the summer. And you never know. Yeah, but him, him, <laughs> you don't. this, this short ass cameo again yeah. of like, you don't need this. Yeah. You didn't need Christopher Guest. You don't need John Candy, but they're coming on screen. And that is the, the amazingness of these. That's how, you know, an incredible actor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone that can literally be there for 30 seconds, 60 seconds in a movie and make a memorable part about it. The, the fact that he's playing every, he's like playing every character in the, in the radio station where he's. 
He's the voice at first who then introduces someone to do the weather, who's him. Yes. Who then introduces Weird Wild Wink Wilkinson, Wilkinson, Wilkinson. who is him. And he's not actually changing his voice or anything. He's just changing the character that he is. Yeah. This might be one of the best parts of the movie. It's just this scene, right? Just to just to let him go and just do what he was going to do. I mean, I think they offered him a bigger part of this movie. They offered him Mushnik. Yeah. That, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. They offered him Mushnik, and he he said, "I don't nah, want to no, do no, that." No, 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 no. And then he kind of came back and just said, "Like, do you have a small part I could do? I'd like to just do a small part." You He's know, perfect. That, and you know what? That's that <laughs> let, might let be. Let me play your intro music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let me let me intro you. Ding. It's like, oh, man, no, well, well, Wild Wolf Wilkinson here. He's like, man, I got a crick in my neck. It's like, no, oh, that's better. Anyways, <laughs> just all these bells and whistles. Yeah. Like, he's got so much energy. It's it, so bad. It's it, so good. I love it. I love it when um, when Seymour walks in and he just, like, kind of looks up at him and he's just like, no, no ma'am, you can't do that. No. What are you doing with all your clothes off? What if your husband finds off? I am here, by the way, and I am gonna, I am mad. He's like, I'm going to kill you Like, what is going on? It, that's, and it just makes me think, was this radio shows back at this, think, di- this time? Kind of Because if that's the case, I'm going to go back in time and just be a radio personality. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it, guys. <laughs> I'd like, before this, we discover that uh, Tui needs uh blood yep. in order to survive and it's just like the the animatronics of uh the the puppet itself the glorified brussels sprout that it is yeah um it's just like mm, mm. i'm like i think that plant wants something else right? that's yeah <laughs> you guys know what i'm saying yeah i mean a kiss oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it that's all well yes. he, he was uh the plant was going for that lady's butt yeah, yeah. That, like directly to the butthole like i mean that one Tui eats ass i i I'm not, I wasn't going to say it. I was hoping one of you guys would say it. And you got to. I'm, I'm here, here to say you got to. <laughs> you got <Okay>? to. Okay? <laughs> Get it in there. All right? We you, talked about the other one before. Go down Craig, a little bit. Get in there. Craig, come in here. You, do, you don't have to. Like It's only if you want to. You don't have to. Okay? <laughs> you <Back>. don't <laughs> It's you, uh, good. It's fun. And you know what? It's it, it's to each their own. We're not here to yuck anyone's yum. We're just here to enjoy yeah. this movie. We're not telling you what to do. Yeah. But we're not telling you what not what to not do. What not to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it. Okay. Wait. Okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> we find out that Tui just enjoys eating anything that has to do with, well, blood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, does, does Audrey show up in a fishnet cast? Yes, she does. With it's her, a fashionable cast, right? Yeah, I'm just like at this point, like I'm to my point earlier. I'm like you, you're into some freaky shit. Well, you can just admit it. You can it's just fine. admit it. We're cool with it. Yeah, but maybe at the era, people weren't. They, people are still two single beds. True. You know, yeah, yeah. Her yeah. dreams involve two single beds. That's so. true. Yeah, yeah. So you just don't want to be openly admitting of that stuff, right? You don't talk about it out there. Yeah. You just feel yeah. bad for her. I think she needs to break out of her shell. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's a really cool, subtle thing. I'm wondering if you guys found. So when when he tell when Seymour tells his story when he first found the plant, yeah, he's like, "Well, it happened. I was visiting a Chinese flower shop, and this underlying music comes in, and the Dadu song, Dadu, yeah, that song starts to to do the playback of his story. Well, and then I was walking over here when he goes on the radio. He's like, "Tell me where you found that plant." And he goes, "Well." So I was going to the the flower. I was going to a Chinese flower shop. 
the same music comes under mm-hmm. and he goes, Dadu, and then the scene cuts. Yeah. yeah it basically that. implying that he that the song was gonna get sung again. <laughs> which yeah. I which I just love that they're implying, yeah, when we tell this story, this song gets sung. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's just a very subtle way of of making cool little mo- moments happen in that movie. I mean, Frank Oz is no fucking slouch here either, like sure. especially doing this in Pinewood Studios and a lot of times you watch musicals a lot of times there's a lot of oneers and I think he does that quite a bit too but even like choosing to cut that right there is like if you're (laughs) if you're paying attention that's going to be a funny joke for you you know or even in but if you're not we've moved on yeah even in Mushnick's uh when when it's kind of the rundown part before he discovers Audrey 2 um there's like uh uh um Jump cuts going on where where they change positions. Yeah, where they're yeah. just kind of hanging out waiting for somebody. I'm like, I love I love those I little too. touches. You yeah, know? I like that a lot. Yeah, and just the like the they sing the song. I think this is when Audrey is this the suddenly Seymour song maybe where where they're talking about her. She's dreaming of the future. Yeah, and she's like, we can watch. We can watch Lucy on our big, enormous 12-inch screen. And I'm thinking about, out loud about how funny of a joke this is in 1986. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that they they didn't they couldn't even fathom what this joke is nowadays. Oh yeah, it was funny in 1986 yeah. or whatever. Think now. about those massive freaking TVs that weighed like 400 pounds, and they were like so funny. It's uh. like a full cabinet thing that and oh man, where you yeah. had to be you had to be sitting directly in front of it to right. actually see what's happening. Yes, move two feet to the right and you can't even see it's what's like happening. Half of it's blurring out on you or like yeah, darkening what, out. We need to make TVs where they. They, they, you can also put shit on them. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we don't have that anymore, yeah. man. We Thank need, like, we need, like, get some drawers in there. Yeah, and put, put your remotes in and stuff. Why make them get a separate console? We could just build the console <laughs> into the TV. <gasps> oh, yeah. the, thing is, the thing is, it's gonna weigh five hundred pounds. Well, well we'll figure okay. it out. <laughs> they'll figure. They'll want it anyway. They're gonna it's want fine. it. They're gonna want it. Retail, it bigger baby. is better. Come on, okay. Yeah. Bigger is better. <laughs> Which leads me to Steve Martin. Steve Martin comes in this movie, and I like throughout this movie. I like it until it gets to a song. To be honest, like I like yep. South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut until yeah. it gets to a musical yep. sure. yep. spot. Um, some of the performances during the musical stuff, like we said, are great. I do enjoy that. I'm not, you know, an evil person who just hates joy. Um, but when Steve Martin comes in. He lights a fucking fire under yes. this movie. I, I Even agree. more so than Johnny Cans, uh, to be honest. Like he steals this movie right out from everyone's feet. <laughs> yeah. And there's no there's no going back. Like until he, and when and when he's gone, it's honestly not a, as good of a movie. Yeah. Do you do you guys here's here's something absolutely crazy that it's almost I'm almost ashamed of it. I forgot Steve Martin was in this movie. Until my first rewatch again. Wow! At this point, that's I'm that's glad. what I mean too. I'm glad for you. For by that. yeah, well, by by honestly, the cameos just went over my head. I mean, he didn't. You don't know who Steve Martin. is. I didn't is know who Steve Martin yeah. was. And by the way, if I did know who Steve Martin <laughs> is, he him. didn't have that color of hair. Yeah, he's only ever had white hair. Okay, <laughs> yeah. at any age he's ever been. Steve Martin, can you play a 32 year old father? Yep. Well, gray hair, right? Yep. Yeah. You're 32. Yeah, you're 32 yeah, year old. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like well, you have to look 32. Well, okay. I had white hair when I was 32, <laughs> so like <laughs> it's it's just insane, man. Like his comes in on the motorbike and everything that he does like i i love causing pain to my and he punches the chick oh, or dude. whatever it's 
incredible. And like he comes off of that motorcycle, he rips up, basically takes off the jacket, and then he's like, become a dentist. And you're just like, what? Yes. Like, it's obnoxious, but man, is that fun. I'll call back to this in a little bit. I have a little segment here, but the 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 idea of him like whenever he pulls up on the motorcycle, he just jumps off and <laughs> yeah. he, and he just goes mm, and it just parks itself. Unreal. <laughs> and the, the terrible like green screening oh, of yeah. him yes. head on on the motorcycle when we first see him, dude. Let's move on to scene three because that's where we can really train. talk okay, about this okay. dentist scene. So here's where the movie goes wrong. Seymour decides to feed blood. To Otter too. Why feed blood when you can feed something better? You could feed whiskey to this plant. That is going to mellow that plant out. It's going to taste so dang good that that plant's going to be like, you know what? I'm cool. Just feed me more of this whiskey, and we're just going to hang out and be best buds. That's what we would have done, and if we would have done that, we would have given it the only whiskey that we keep in stock. We don't drink anything else other than Cedar Ridge whiskey. They are the best in the world, winning awards all over the place, and they are distilled in our backyard, Swisher, Iowa. You can go there. You can have delicious food. You can try their wine. Most importantly, you can see how the whiskey is made. You can order it straight to your door if you go to cedarridgedistillery.com. If you're going to do that, I suggest the American Quintessential Single Malt. It's I'm not. I've said it before. I'm not a Scotch fan, but this is the greatest single malt I've ever tried in my entire life. You take that neat. Maybe you just add one cube in there. It's one of the best things you will ever taste. If you're kind of a craft cocktail type guy, you're messing around with old fashions at home. You got to get their flagship bourbon that is used by every bartender worth their salt that I know that makes cocktails and makes old fashions. They only use Cedar Ridge. So trust them. Trust us. Try this amazing company that is sponsoring this podcast. They've been here from the start. Go to cedarridgedistillery.com, order some straight to your door, or just go to your local distributor, your local liquor store, and say, I got to have Cedar Ridge. Get it, get it, get it, get it. And then when you get it, take a photo, tag us, tell us how it is. We love sharing that with our friends at Cedar Ridge. They love hearing it. And I think we should... uh, Uh, Take a sip and get back to the show. Scene three, Seymour continues to feed Audrey to his own blood, draining his energy. He attempts to ask Audrey out, but she turns him down because she has a date with Oren, who's revealed to be a dentist. Audrey, too, begins to talk to Seymour, demanding more blood than Seymour can give, suggesting that Seymour murder someone to bring him fame and fortune. Seymour initially refuses, but eventually agrees after he witnesses Oren abusing Audrey. So Steve Martin's introduced here, and, and we only know him as just this kind of sadistic biker boyfriend. And we'll get to that. That, that amazing dentist scene, but like I, I just, you're right. Like as he gets into this movie, you're like, I want more Steve Martin, mm-hmm. and then he kind of disappears for a little bit, and we're gonna get it. But I agree with you, Sean. Like every time, like I, I'm very into this movie, and I'm just like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And then, and then a song will start, and you're just like, huh. you know, and and even these are better songs than the majority of musicals out there in yes, my opinion they are. Mm-hmm. and like i think the problem with musicals for me anyway is that musical songs within the musical movie are so long yes they're, yeah. so they're long. like hymnals yes you know like they just drag on and i'm like i i like it for the first minute to two minutes and i'm like this is great i love the i love the tune i love you know the the melodies that they're creating with this but then after the two minute mark i'm like all right yep all right, uh-huh, uh-huh. can we get back to 
more uh, Audrey too, please, or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I hate that I'm like that because I really enjoy it until then. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to invest in it when it's not in your face on a stage. Like, because I yeah. don't mind going to, I, I enjoy going to musicals. I found that, like, as I've gotten older, I do enjoy going to musicals, like, oh, yeah. on stage and watching a good production. But at the same time, there's something about it that's very hard for me to stay invested when it's just on a screen. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. It's, it's, the, the, act, the art of it is kind of gone because it's a movie. Yeah. But when you're on stage, you're watching it happen. And yeah. yeah, and in the thing real about, life, I yeah. mean, it's all it, like the stuff is all of, they're just it's consistent big oneers. Yes, that you're obviously invested. Where in. and then like in that aspect, the only thing I take away from a film musical is the technical achievements. Where mm. it's just like they film the shit out of this, and it's it's uh, brilliantly directed. But that's all I'm thinking about. I've I've stopped thinking about the song, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just thinking about like the uh the staging of this or like the pacing of this or you know uh where this actor's got to be where this actor's got to be in the inner cross or whatever i'm just thinking about the technical aspect rather than the story anymore because mm-hmm. i'm i'm gone now there's a song yeah yeah but this this movie though for real these are these are some of the better music cuz musical songs are just like pointless they're just like well here's the dialogue so i just need to add it to a song right. into song form yeah it, that's what a musical feels like to me but this like these are legit songs, and I love like the yeah. Motown feel of it. Yeah, definitely. And, and every singer is just like not those. The three girls is the chorus. Man, mm-hmm. they yeah. they are incredible. But again, like it just I keep I keep having this like I love this I love this movie. All right. Yeah. I love. I think I really liked it. <sighs> okay. Like and it, and it just seems like it just keeps happening too mm-hmm. throughout this whole movie. One thing I read about one of those girls is uh, they needed older looking trash cans for the set and she just she took it upon herself she got new ones like and then got put them in the back of a truck like went through new york or something like that and asked people if like she could take their old trashy looking trash a new one and give them a new one i'm like that's fucking great that is really cool i love that story i did hear another funny story (laughs) just behind the scenes stuff that as part of the film's promotion the Audrey Two plant was occasionally interviewed. Oh, cool! <laughs> and like in character by the press, right? And it, like with Levi Strauss doing it. It was like whoever Stubbs, it was, Stubbs. Thank yeah, you. and anybody, anybody who would get in, who would want to interview it, they they'd let him interview the plant, and he would do the voice. Okay. And I guess on multiple occasions, it would always end with him eating the reporter, <laughs> <laughs> which is just genius stuff. I don't know how. Like, did this movie? What did you say? Like, it actually performed. It made its money back and some, yeah. but but was this a critical success? Not- I mean, I from the sounds of it for the Rotten Tomatoes, critics love. Okay, it. so like, um, did the studio go? Oh yeah, like yeah, we. I think so. There was a lot of other media produced after this, just like TV shows and comics d- uh, did well. There was going to be a sequel, but I don't think they did it. I mean. I guess maybe they didn't get enough back from what they projected or wanted because. Like you said in the beginning, this is like one of the most MGMs or Warner Brothers. This was their expense. Warner, Warner Brothers', Brothers. most expensive like, film of the time. Right next door was Aliens, which, yeah. which was like <laughs> the second most, but it like it dwarfed yeah. Aliens, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I I know the critics liked it, but um, maybe they just didn't were satisfied yeah. enough with the numbers. Crazy, and and it is. I mean, we do need to talk about how great uh, Audrey Two looks. Yeah, I I I was fully not expecting how incredibly 
stand up. Like this holds up. The 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 movements, the way they filmed it, the way it it, it inter- interacts. Like this this is an achievement mm-hmm. for them to have been able to do this. This could have been so bad. Yeah. If they had not actually made this plant and had all those people working. It's it. crazy, man. The lips moving and it looks like it's you know it looks like you could read its lips. Yeah. From just looking at it and not even hearing what it's saying. Yeah, I mean it's it's basically people from Jim Henson's you know uh, yeah puppeteering and. And and all that, and I think one of the main people was his son. Oh yeah, like was Jim Henson's son, uh, who was a part of this crew, who was like one of the main puppeteers, like actively doing this during production and good pedigree. Just, yeah, it's not bad. I also read uh, <laughs> Heather Henson, Jim's daughter, was the girl with the 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 dental stuff that came out of the office. Oh that God. was oh, Jim yeah. Henson's daughter, apparently. <laughs> oh jeez, jeez, man, good lord, family affair. Yeah, and so I mean, even the the talking aspect, like this is when Audrey Two starts talking, and and this is when I feel like it really starts to take more of that. It see it seemed kind of lighthearted, like ah, oh, just this little cute little plan and yeah. like, helping us do stuff. And now it's like this is when it, it becomes more of like a, of an evil yeah. entity, right? Where this where this starts to become that part. He's like, ah, you should. Uh, we, I'll give you whatever you want. You just go murder that orange guy. Fresh meat, yeah. And there are some thoughts out there. I won't dive into it because it's it's pretty crazy. But there are thoughts that that this is a representation of of um, uh, Seymour's like psychology, like his mm. id, his ego, his super ego, is uh. the plan is part of it, and because it changes as he changes throughout the movie. But I th- I think that's a little. I think that's a little maybe telling little, him to kind of break out of yes. what he's doing so he can move on, so yes. he can get with Audrey. This is what you got to do. It's a fun way to look at it, but I think it's a little too deep. Yeah. Probably like, yeah. like eh, this is a plant. <laughs> it's yeah. Rick Moranis. It's Rick Moranis. It's a plant. It's, <laughs> it's fine. okay. This is a, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to scene four then. So after Oren finishes with his masochistic patient Arthur Denton, <laughs> Seymour draws a revolver on Oren, but Oren dies before he can shoot him. Seymour dismembers Oren's body and feeds it to Audrey too, which has grown to a enormous size, but is unknowingly witnessed by Mushnik, who confronts Seymour, but is killed by the plant. Okay, so Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray comes in and... <laughs> Once again, is, forgot he was in this. Yeah, and it is just also turned on by Steve Martin. Yeah. <laughs> I love their dynamics. So I like... I love it so much that I want the movie to detour into <laughs> them having a gay relationship. I know. I want to see this movie really bad. Yeah. Well, he, he was going to come back, uh, but then, you know, he died. Uh, Oren died. That's true. So, like, yeah. do, do you think he was sad? I he was going to bring all, all his buddies back yeah, and they probably. were going to have a good moment. I think he fell in love with Oren. I think Oren. he did. I it think was, he came. Yeah. I think so. Is that implied? Uh, yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. I think, um, I, I certainly think he did. He got everything he needed. He really enjoyed his time. And by the way, <laughs> now I definitely know where Ryan Reynolds and Just Friends dude, got they, the thing. It's in my oh, notes. Oh, yeah, dude. Yes. It's in my... It ha- there's no there's way. There's no way. There's... <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> when he's got the gauze and all the things. Fist, he goes... <laughs> yeah. There, there's no way. Bill Murray, <laughs> Bill Murray walked so Ryan Reynolds could run, could run. with <laughs> bullshit in your mouth. That, yes, well, 100%. And I just, I love that so much. The moment I saw that, I was like, yep. That was it. It was done. <laughs> it, in my notes, one million percent. Like, just watch them side by side. Ryan Reynolds yeah. and Just Friends, Bill Murray in this when they're in the dentist chair spitting their gauze out. And like, internet, it, make it happen. When Just Friends was uh, like coming out, that couldn't have been a technique they used anymore. So it had to have been. Oh like a my god, you're exactly. absolutely right. right. I remember that as a kid having like these big yeah. gauze packets in your mouth. But there's no way in 
what was 2000, that? 2004 or five? Yeah. That they would have still used that. Yeah, I don't That's know. Genius. I, I also I also think it's incredibly funny that as uh as Bill Murray is going into here and he's sitting down and he's kind of talking to him, and you're getting that like you're getting that feeling that he's like, Yes, doctor. <laughs> Yes, oh and he's like God. sitting down. He's, he's just like, chair. he's, he's like, like I've up. never needed a root canal so bad in my life. As he's packing in the stuff himself, <laughs> he's turning the light and on, he's turning everything on, he's doing everything for them. For it, it sounds like he's been to the dentist like every day this week. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to a like, different dentist. I've been to a different dentist, and they were great. But unfortunately, it's just, it's just no like, one's been like, better than you. <laughs> prepping himself he's taking out these hideous looking tools like oh my god what's that uh, <laughs> <laughs> like like anybody else like oh my god what's that yeah and and again you just their dynamic i think it's honestly a tragedy i need to go back and see how much more of did we ever get of bill murray and steve martin i think this in is movies, their, their only thing up like, until now what a sad thing yeah oh this is guys this is my bill murray like i've never seen this this might be my favorite bill murray i think i agree with you i don't know if he's ever been better than this scene. maybe small dose bill murray is like where it's at for me <laughs> well i don't and know they did it they got away with it too with small dose you know john johnny cans yeah that cans he i mean we just got him to do what he probably really wanted and was wanted to do and was excited to do and he had a great six minutes on screen and then he was gone mm -hmm. and he didn't you know he literally said he didn't want to do mushnick he he just wanted to do this yeah he asked to do a smaller part and i then they do the same thing with bill murray who gets yeah. to come in and do that and honestly it's kind of wow it's not really bill murray doing right you know this yeah it's he's He's actually, Bill he's actually doing playing Bill Murray, a character, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's doing a, a bit. He's doing. I love something. it. I, and this is like one of his movie. I think we discussed on Scrooge before Scrooge. He was on like a break, but he did a few movies, like small parts. This is one of his small parts that he came in to do. And obviously, the feed me Seymour feed. He says that at the end of Scrooged. Oh, did he you does? Know? And when when the when they're playing the music, he goes, "Feed me, Seymour, feed me." Oh, he does. Really? At the very end of Scrooge, he says that. Wow, I didn't notice that. Which I had no I clue totally what that even forgot. meant. And that was clearly a callback to this movie. Yeah, that's Jeez. cool. I did the the idea of this movie taking someone who kills puppies for and cats for fun <laughs> and saying that that being a dentist is the profession for them. This yeah. song that he does is genius to me. And I actually texted my buddy, Chris, who is a dentist, and I was like, hey, man, just out of curiosity, when you were in dental school, did they ever show like clips of of uh, Little Shop of Horrors and um, Steve Martin? He's like, every time there was a lecturer and a, and a class something, they would show this scene. Because <laughs> like, it's just funny to me. It's kind of like... Every real estate seminar I've ever gone to has been in American Beauty. Has been I will sell this oh, house. Oh wow! Okay, they show that because it's the funniness of your profession yeah. coming through. And I, I did. I, I thought it was so funny well, that he's like, "Oh yeah." My fiance just got <laughs> accepted into dental school. Congrats, darling! Woo! Yeah. Um, but um, I, I just watched this movie and she just found out and I, and she didn't watch it with me. So I'm like, you have to see this scene. Just this. You scene. have to see. And I showed it to her and she's like, "Well, it's funny because I've been having." weird dreams about steve martin and he's been watching that show that he's on like a murder oh or yeah yeah like uh murder murder uh, hotel more uh yeah something like that yeah with, murder the, other, hotel. with the other guy only um, murders or something like yeah. that here uh she's been watching that show and she's she's been having some dreams about him I'm like oh well 
perfect. I showed you this. He's a dentist as well. Yeah. yeah. Boom. Great. I just wrote it my just own I'm method. over. I helped done. you get through dental school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell your professor that you saw this. It'll be fine. There you go. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Here's a prop. I hit the button. It is next to me, so I get to go first. All right. I want the dental tools that he does have. And now, do you know why? I know why. Yes. Mm-hmm. You want to? You want to complete me? No. Okay. <laughs> you complete me. Thank you. It's uh, so a weird apparently, ass. Apparently, the, <laughs> the same tools during this scene were used in Batman 1989. That's right. Yeah. It, the Jack Nicholson, Jack Napier, after he fell in the chemicals, the guy holding up the tools were the exact same tools. That's so cool. That they had in this movie. So I didn't get to take those in Batman, so I want them now. Okay. Wait. Yeah? Is that allowed? Are we allowing this, AJ? Well, it's, I, he's cross platforming. It's just. It's, I did this last week. I think or two weeks ago. I did it with the teddy bear from Red Hot American. Uh, Red Hot American. Summer. Red Hot American Summer. <laughs> <laughs> what movies are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> Little cock of horrors. Did we, uh, did, no. did we do what? 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 Red. The hunt for Red October. The hunt oh. for Red and, Hot uh, Summer. <laughs> Remember the teddy bear from the other movie from Die Hard? And yeah, okay. there's the one that Alec Baldwin did. This is my fun new segment where I'm like, Are we prop. allowing this? It's can a prop, he... but did you know this prop came from this movie? Can he take from. Nobody Pro- said are we cross platforming? No. Well, we didn't care last time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Say your damn props. <laughs> um. Frick. frick. Son of a frick. Uh, <laughs> Steve Martin's jacket. Ooh. Oh, yeah. You, I was thinking maybe the shrine of his mom. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> in the back wall behind you would be pretty awesome. I think that'd be a good prop. <laughs> Just behind AJ and the like, camera. What, what is that? He's like, well, <laughs> I want, I want, um, I want all of John Candy's props. Yeah, is what there I want. It's basically what I want. Or, ju- or just his, his, uh, his, Microphone that he has, cool. his radio cast. You just microphone. want to use that, as so your I can have it as my microphone. That's here. great. Yeah, Hell yeah. So there was another. I, I don't know why it's all revolving around this. Probably because it's the best part of the movie. But <laughs> Steve Martin, when he's got that, when he's spraying the water in the guy's mouth, they go ah ah, and, then, and he said, "Now spit," and he spits, and it switches to the yes. it switches to the water. This movie just goes better than others. Like it, it just tries <laughs> harder and succeeds better than other movies. Sure. Do. In my opinion, when it comes to this, just the the comedy aspect of that water coming out of his mouth into now water hitting the street. Well, here's maybe an interesting question: If this was just a comedy and not a musical, would that sort of thing work for you? Like that kind of like a split yeah, and it yeah. goes into the next scene. It, it, it makes me want it to be less of a musical so that sure. this could all just be a comedy. Like, yeah. I, right? Well, because I think in musicals you can get away with that a little bit yeah, more okay, because of the okay. fantastical okay. element. But I agree with you. I think it, I would like it if it was just a comedy as well. When when we were talking, I, I was talking about like uh, Last Action Hero and like some other movies that have this. Yeah. They go beyond the fourth wall break and it's like they're breaking another fifth wall or something. And I think if you're doing a musical, like that happens just by happenstance Mm -hmm. because they're always singing, no matter what, like one of their scenes or like musical numbers always ends with them just going, ah. Well, anyways, I got to go watch this. (laughs) I got a scene to do. They always like end up singing up to the sky. Like, who are we singing to? You know? They're singing to us. They're yes, breaking they the wall, man. And like they're that's why they break out into musical numbers. That's why they have like three amazing vocalists that are essentially like narrators throughout this whole thing. And it, it is. It's kind of this 
like fourth, fifth wall break thing that happens just by happenstance. And I, I love that. I love that aspect about it. I don't know. Like, and that's why I think like you're, what you're saying, I think that's what helps make it okay. How over the top these characters become, Yeah, Yeah. you know, and especially the premise of the movie, obviously. I mean, you really have to bear it down here. It's like, Oh, he just found a, Outer a space plant yeah. that starts eating people. <laughs> you forgot about that. What you could you guys forget this or like yeah, it's obnoxious. I also love that Charles B. Griffith, I think, was the original guy who wrote the play to turn Roger Corman's movie into a play. I just love that he probably loved that movie so much yeah. that he saw so much more in it. Because, you know, it's not mm-hmm. a great movie. I yeah. think it's fun, but I, I love that aspect of like adapting that because you love it so to much. To like make it better. And to turn it into something great like yeah. this. You know? I, I really like that idea about it. Mm-hmm. Well, before the last scene, we do we mentioned the Jarrett Layoff Confused Breakfast actor database. John Candy moving into first place with number eight. Two notables here, though. Rick Moranis and Bill Murray have now entered five. Okay. okay. So uh, we've got one at eight. Uh, we've got John Candy at eight. We have uh, Steve Buscemi, Rick to come in at seven. Yeah. We've got a bunch of sixes, and we've got a bunch of fives. So there's there's some competition here. Some, One some of the, wakes to be made. All those ties need to break through in order for a Mount Rushmore, probably. I think we need – somebody's at least got to make it to seven. We need to have, like, a, our first time before we create the graphic, we need a definitive, like, for, like – four right yes there needs yeah. to we need be, those ties to break yes you can't you can't have all the sixes somebody's right. got to jump out of those fives and sixes and can to, we say mount breakfast instead yes breakfast okay. more yeah just mount breakfast mount mount breakfast mount breakfast okay yes well final scene here scene five <laughs> offered money and a contract for a botany tv show seymour becomes overwhelmed and decides to escape skid row with audrey while seymour's gone the plant telephones audrey coaxes her into the shop and attacks her seymour returning in time to save audrey and kills audrey too before they arrive at their new home and life in the suburbs i do want to mention one thing and this is going to be canon i don't i couldn't find anything to justify this I'm going to go ahead and say that David Wayne and all the boys from Wet Hot American Summer love this movie and incorporated aspects of it into Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Go on. There, there were three notable things for me. The, the motorcycle stuff, the ramping of oh, the yeah. motorcycle, oh, yeah. where he like ramps the motorcycle and throws it. <laughs> Dude. But then, listen, she Audrey, Audrey goes outside at this point and throws herself against a wall oh, and yeah. just goes, oh. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm just going to tell you, like, there's no reason for this. There's <laughs> no reason for this. And Seymour going, go away, leave me alone. Like, that is, that's a line directly from our boy, the cook. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, so, go away, leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to send it into the atmosphere and hope that it's real, that, that they took a lot of elements from this for what on American Okay, yeah, I, would, I would even double down and say um, Trey Parker, Matt Stone as well. <sighs> okay. Oh, okay. Sure. Like Cannibal the Musical. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. There's, there's, uh, I, I, I think that this movie has to be an inspiration for a lot of creations. Like you said it about Bill Murray uh, for Ryan Reynolds to run. I think this movie walked so a lot of other things could I definitely like run. Okay. I think, I think it had a bigger influence than most people might 
care to recognize. And it's in that way of that being kind of underground. Like maybe not many people have seen it, yeah. so it feels like yours. Yeah. And you can be like, I'm gonna Ooh, take inspiration from this because people because people haven't seen it. And hopefully that will inspire them. Oh, this them. is my thing. This is my yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you, what's your favorite band? Well, you probably haven't heard of them. They, yeah. You know. They recorded a couple albums in early 2000. They broke up. And, yeah. But but uh, they're mine. They're my favorite <laughs> band. Like that, sort of like that. What's your favorite movie? <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors. Well. What? It's like it's like really it's the musical really? yeah, little shop of horrors. You've probably never seen it. I haven't really. Yeah, actually. well, you should probably check it out. It's it's the best. I should go watch it. You well, you like it, it because not a lot of people are checking it out. So yes. should I check it out? Oh wait, you're right. So if everybody watches it, then I won't like it anymore. Yeah, yeah because then okay, it's mainstream. no, no, just just whatever, Dumb and Dumber. Forget okay. I even said anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do like the suddenly Seymour. Uh, Thing. like especially their acting like i said earlier is really good together but then levi stubbs as this voice and as this uh well his his talking voice and his singing voice is just utterly stunning mm. like it's it's I, I couldn't see anybody else doing it maybe tim curry i was thinking yep. like tim curry could have fucking nailed this yes. probably um but levi stubbs he was in the four tops yeah fucking great band um, I love him. I love hearing him in this. What do you guys think about him? That mean green mother from outer space. Yeah. Uh, that's the song. It was written for this film and it was the first Oscar nominated song to contain profanity. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. To, to just put that into perspective of they're basically saying this is the best song from this movie and it's so good that we will allow it to be the first song ever to be nominated for an Oscar with profanity. Wow. Cause he says, uh, don't mean shit. At the at the yeah. very end of the song, and it's like okay, just Damn. to throw it out there. That's how good this was. Was that hustle and flow song? Did that have profanity in it? Uh, it may have. I mean, so you, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm oh, not refuting you, but uh, that would have been after. I wonder this, if there's though, right? yeah. I wonder yeah, if there's yeah. another one. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure by now. Okay. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar probably got nominated yeah. for an Oscar. Like, I, he's my favorite, and there's a lot of profanity in that. Yeah. Hell can yeah. Uh, can I ask you guys this? Um, uh, Audrey too does the payphone thing, which is oddly hilarious <laughs> in itself. I don't know why, but does the whole pay. But, but I think actually what's really funny about it is when they're done, he like t- it takes the change out of the thing or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> takes the change <laughs> yeah, out of the just to see if there's anything left <laughs> over like there. Checks for it or something. Ah. Or like like <laughs> there's just uh, the, <laughs> the alien plant is a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like, but makes the call, calls, calls Audrey, and she collect like it, it collects the oh, it's the plant calling and talking to me. So you go over there. You go over there. Yeah. You one hundred percent go over there. Yes. No. What? <laughs> what in the heck? Like, like that's the first thing that she does. She doesn't even like. She doesn't even really wait or like. She has, she has no hesitation. Just no, walk right over there and be like, "Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go look at the plant now." It's we, true. I have to ask. I texted you guys this. I wouldn't. I'd be in such a weird position right now if I hadn't done my research for this movie to write the summary notes for this, because I watched the theater the, the director's, director's cut? cut. I watched the director's cut. Yeah. Without knowing it. And so I watched it. I'm like, okay, that's the end of the movie. I, I understand it. Then when I was reading my notes, I was like, well, that's not what I remember. Well, I don't remember that. And I texted you. I'm like, what did you, what ending do you guys see? And you, so you watched the theatrical release. And I'd like to have a conversation with you about why, first of all, so, so here's the story that I know. 
they the original ending of the movie was what I saw where she die, she gets eaten by the plant mm-hmm. he comes over he gets eaten by the plant and then the plants take over the entire world and multiply yeah that and and and, and destroy the world people are buying up everyone all buys the toolies. plants it goes everywhere yeah. and and I'm watching this be like this is fucking awesome this is edgy this is cool but apparently they they sh- they screened it and people hated it they hated it so much that they went back and rewrote the end of the movie to be a happy ending. Mm-hmm. And have you seen both? Have you watched yeah, both? Yeah, I did. I came across it as well. And I, after watching the theatrical, I watched it on YouTube, yes. the, the alternate ending. I prefer it. I the, really you prefer do. the one I saw. Yes. Because, and, it, and I hate that they changed it because I think it makes the most sense. It's the commentary they're trying to make on the consumerism of it and, 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 Take cheating your way to fame and fortune. Yeah. I, I'm really mad that that was not what people saw, and that they caved in and changed wow. it. Yeah, and then, like on top of that, like technically wise, all those effects are outstanding. Yeah, dude. Like it, it's giant uh, twoies just attacking like Godzilla, pretty much. You know, it looks fantastic. And there's this moment that is like so sadly dark. Uh, uh, shit, Seymour dressed in his Sunday best. About ready to get married to Audrey, who is in a white dress. Audrey has died, and Seymour carries her over the threshold in slow motion. The doors open in slow motion. There's Audrey, too, in the background. He carries her over the threshold like you would a married woman and feeds her to Audrey, too. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, there's something about that. Like, we're it, it was we were hinting at darkness throughout the whole movie, like, especially of him pretty much being a you know, manslaughterer, if, yeah. if not a murderer. Um, and then to go there would have been like that would that makes sense to me because, well, you do need you to, unleashed you it, you do need to pay for what you've done, yes, you do, <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, I uh, uh, what was I gonna say? It's uh, all I can think of in in when you texted that mic and we were like <laughs> talking about everything, all I could think of was, uh, man, <laughs> let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. It's <laughs> <laughs> basically what, it's literally basically what happened. Let's they do go, the super no, fun mind. happy ending. <laughs> yeah. All right. The white picket fence ending. Yeah. <laughs> like that's all I could think of is like, they just decided to change it and, they that's what Wayne's World did. <laughs> and as much as I like it, it still knocks home the whole musical thing for me. The mean green mother from outer space goes on so long. Yeah. Mm. It's such a long song. And then there's this another song while they're destroying the cities, like to end the movie. It's just like this secondary, super long musical song. Mm. And and that is where again I'm like, I love this ending, but then I'm like, but just keep singing songs. Yeah. yeah. There's moments where like they even take breaks in some songs that the music still continues, but then they come back around to singing. You know what I mean? It's and it's like, oh man, I forgot that this they were still in a musical number. Holy cow! Yeah, it gets along. All right, boys. Well, we have dissected this movie with a modern eye. It is time to give it a modern day rating. Sean, I'm going to start with you, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I like talking about this movie more than I did uh, watching it. <laughs> It's one of those movies for me where, like it, like I said, the, all the technical aspect, I like 
more than the movie itself. And what we've been talking about, like I hate being this way. I, I want to like musicals more than I do. I really do because I loved watching the technical aspect of this. Um, but yeah, the, the songs just drag on a little too long for me and it just drags the movie along uh, way too long for me. Um, I think Rick Moranis is amazing. Obviously, anything he does is just kind of gold. Um, the whole cast is incredible. Steve Martin lights a fire under this. Like I said, Bill Murray's the, my favorite Bill Murray, like you said. Um, but yeah, it, it just lacks a little bit for me in, in one aspect. What did the uh, audience say about this on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, they were at seventy nine percent. Seventy nine. Okay, I am. Um, I'm a little lower than them. I'm gonna go seven point one on this. Seven point one for Sean AJ. What about you, man? Uh, I, I agree very much. Actually, like we, uh, us talking about it, like I had a really fun time, like thinking through some of what was re- a lot of what was really going on on screen. It's tough for me, like with some with a lot of the musical aspects, and I don't like to be that way. So, I, I mean, I I want to try to take a step back from that and just take for the understanding that the musical numbers were very good, though, you know, and they're performed very well. And I love getting to see like Rick Moranis in this in this context. Um, this, but it's it's one of those things that it it. W- all the cameos, amazing cameos that came through in this still can't quite save it up for me. You know what I mean? This is some of the greatest actors of the <laughs> of the generation. You know what I mean? I mean, literally. So um do I do I enjoy it? Did I actually find myself really enjoying some of the music? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in the end, I have a really hard time every single time uh, a musical number ended we were back into kind of the caricature people that i was talking about in the beginning and it was like having to restart rebuilding that <laughs> you know trust every single time we were, we were rolling down the road yeah. and then we went Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. okay i gotta get used to you again i gotta get used to you again so that all being said it it feels more like a like um, a long form skit that I watched on like Saturday Night Live or something, mm-hmm. and uh, in that regard, um, everyone should be is is obviously amazing in it. But I still think I'm gonna have to go ahead and say I'm gonna I will give this I will give this a seven point seven seven. Let me just add one more thing. I think if I watched this with like a group of people. I would love this so much. Yeah. I think I think that's where this movie's meant to be seen is kind of in a theater with a bunch yep. of people who might even have seen it before and they know the songs. Like I think it's a participation kind of thing, maybe kind of like Rocky Horror. And that's yep. I think that's where I would uh probably even raise my score a little bit if I watched it with a group yeah. of people. I hundred percent agree. I'm glad you said that because I do think that's an important note. This is a this is a community movie. It is it's tough for to watch this by yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I, you guys are spot on on this. This is, I'm telling you right now that if you've not seen this, this is a must watch. Like mm. you should add this to your repertoire because of the performances. Like this is this is one of the funniest, most important movies I think of of the '80s, and I think you have to watch it. But it's just so unfortunate that it's that's a musical. <laughs> it's like it's because because that I think this could be like a nine to nine point five sure. mm. if this was not a musical. And I hate that because I love 
This is what's so hard about it. I love every one of these songs. The performances of the songs are incredible. I just don't like musicals, movies, and music. Yeah. Don't 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 sing the words like yeah. I, I. It, it it's a, like I'm trying to compare it to like Clue. Sure, and and I, if, I, if, I did too. Dude, yeah, if this was an, if Clue was a musical, it'd be the same thing for me. Yeah, like, oh, I shit. was telling Craig before you guys got here. I think Clue, Rocky Horror, and this should be talked about, and like They're, that'd be like the, a great triple feature. It, it would be so good. So, so I would give this a much higher score, but I'm still going to give it a pretty high score because of how imp- I think how great it is. I'm, I'm going to be a seven point four nine on this. So we got to go to Michael Giuliano. He says, "Okay, guys, I may have buried the lead a little with my nostalgic rating. I may not remember the first time I watched Little Shop of Horrors, but that doesn't mean that I forget about it and forgot about it until now. I think it was during the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, uh, whatever year they did the Broadway revival of the stage musical. They did a quick song and dance number on TV, and I remember being blown away by how cool they made this giant talking plant." look that same year my sister's grade wound up doing the play for their school musical and she needed to watch the movie for research ever since then i was hooked on this weird funny show it's been a little while since i rewatched it but it's never too far from my head from a technical standpoint it's incredible frank oz and his team of literal puppet masters figured out how to make this gigantic alien plant move and sing seamlessly to the music on film which was no small task Although if you know who Frank Oz is and what his background was, it makes sense why he was the perfect person to be pulling the strings behind this all. Rick Moranis is perfect casting for the role. I'm not sure who else at the time could have taken the part. The only other weird casting what if I could imagine is Michael J. Fox. And I don't think he can sing. Mm. But Moranis, because Moranis fits the role of the charming, quirky, and not to be rude, not conventionally hot Perfectly, because Seymour is meant to be just an ordinary schlub, not a secret Trojan horse hot guy. Looking at you, Jonathan Groff. Yeah. (laughs) I think the Bill Murray bit is a perfect example of what a cameo should be, although an even more meta joke would be if they somehow got Jack Nicholson back to play the same role again. That'd be funny. That would be really good. Murray, Murray, Steve Martin, and John Candy, and even Christopher Guest and Jim Belushi, we didn't even mention That's him right. to a lesser degree, steal every scene they get. Because while this is a movie about plants, it can be straight up hammy. And then there's the music. The amazing music and lyrics by Alan Menken and the gone-too-soon Howard Ashman. Outside of their Disney work, which I can almost guarantee you recognize without maybe realizing it, this is undoubtedly their best stuff. The songs are ridiculously catchy, ludicrous, and yet very heartwarming. As for the ending, look, does it match the stage musical? No. Does it reinforce the lesson that it's okay to do anything to get the girl, even if that means (laughs) killing and feeding people to plants? Possibly. But there's no way that original ending could have worked, and damn it, Rick Moranis deserves to be happy. Okay, you're selling me. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) Sorry to ramble, guys. To me, this is just an all-around great movie. Even if they took the music out of it, which would be a crime, the weird B-movie plot from the 1960s still proves interesting, and the technical aspects will always be a great accomplishment for its time. My modern-day rating is going to be an 8.75. Also, my prop has to be the puppet version of Audrey 2 that Seymour takes to the radio station. That's a good one. Because good luck finding any one of those on Etsy for less than a few hundred dollars. (laughs) So Great and job, I love man. it, and that's the best part is that is that he's going to bring us up a little bit, and yeah. I appreciate that. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. So that takes us to a seven point seven eight nice. on the grand scheme of things. That's not going to be too bad. Seven point seven eight 
is going to find itself in its own spot at number 51. That is just below Who Framed Roger Rabbit, just above Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I like that a lot. I feel fine. Yeah. I'm okay with it, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, the discussion's over. It is gospel, and that is it. Yep, you're right. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Yeah, great job. Yeah. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for being here. Tune in next week. We are moving on to Empire Records. Followed by our very first animated movie, 101 Dalmatians, the original. Get ready. And if you're new to the podcast, go back this time. Last year, it's cold out. You need a cold vibe. You need a cold, spooky, scary movie. The Thing. Let's go, Let's go, dog. That is a fun, fun episode. If you want to hear the redemption of Sean making AJ like a scary movie, (laughs) it it happened on this. He actually liked it. It 100% did. I I have revisited that movie as much as anything uh, this past year um, trying to get to the bottom of that movie, literally. Um, so oh, I'm so proud. Don't mean to make you cry. I'm so I'm sorry. So proud. I love you. Um, but guys, uh, make sure you listen to listen back to that one and get ready for the other ones upcoming. We really do appreciate you checking us out here on YouTube, watching while you're listening. We really do appreciate you checking out social media. Just search for Confused Breakfast on any social media platform uh, at Confused Breakfast. And uh, by the way. Leave us a five-star review. If you want to drop us a five-star review, you can do it right now, I guess. Or don't. (laughs) Confusedbreakfast.com. You can see our merch. You can get some buttons. You can get some shirts. You can get some Audrey 2s probably there. We'll we'll slap our logo. We'll slap our logo on anything. Go to confusedbreakfast.com as well to see the ratings of the movies we've covered. See AJ's ratings. See my ratings. See Mike's ratings. And see the show's ratings overall. Goodbye. I love you support our sponsors that directly support this podcast that is one way to help us out another way is to go to patreon.com slash confused breakfast get the extra perks there be a member support sponsor this podcast directly we are produced by the upload media group in cedar rapids iowa we got craig on the control feed me craig feed me learn more at uploadmediagroup.com and we are proudly on the Cloud 10 iHeart Podcast Network. Learn more at cloud10.fm. That's it for us. Goodbye. We are going to feed ourselves, right? We- Feeding time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.